0: Like that, oh, oh.
1: Try and it, Try and write it. Try and believe it. Welcome to Little Birdie Podcast a unique look into the world of sports betting from the eyes of professionals. I'm your host, Scoot, and I'm joined by the kid MG Mark Goodwill. Scooty, how Good are morning, you? Good morning, Vietnam. How are you? You got breaking news for us, <laughs> David T. Gonski. <laughs> Apparently. Long just, time coming. Just hitting the wires. They've Jeez. waited for us. It was a shocker, to the show, Couldn't have handled it worse.
2: Uh been a complete balls up. Mm, a bit yeah. like COVID. <laughs> Absolutely shocker there, mate. They? Uh I don't know, they've had a they've had a tough two decades, <laughs> haven't they? They're not getting any better. Nah. Um, yeah, <laughs> poor poor Teggie. He's been uh
1: he's been swinging on the rope for a while now, unfortunately. Poor bugger. Yeah, yeah it's been uh it's been a a slow death and it's been oh. uh pretty ugly to watch. And good on him for coming out and just giving him a bit of lip on the way out. He obviously knew that he, he was cooked yeah. and his time was up and he went down swinging and he's held his head up high in all this, a fair bit of class, and his currency now is much better for it. Yeah. And I think Carlton have proved by not being able to lure Alistair Clarkson uh, to the to the Blues that um, their currency is at an all-time low. Yeah. And I think I said it a while ago, I think Collingwood and Hawthorne, I'd rather steer both of those lists going forward. And even though Clarko's knocked back the pies, yep. um, I'd rather be in at Collingwood or uh, in at Hawthorne.
2: Yeah, I'm not sure you jump into Collingwood too quickly. I think they're. Uh, mm. I don't, I'm not sure Collingwood have him out either at the moment. Um, you know, maybe Pendlebury quick cry for help, maybe uh, with his release during the week, just to test the waters without really testing the waters. But um, yeah, I think uh, I, I think Clarko, you know, is proving uh, you know a good judge. I don't think he wants to go to either Collingwood or Carlton, and he's just saying that uh, let's let's have a year out because he certainly won't be travelling at this stage. So. Um, I don't think he wants to go to either.
1: Mm. He'll come back in 2023 and he'll coach the Southport Sharks once they rebrand and a fresh new look at the Gold Coast. <laughs> we might be up there as well.
2: Jeez. I
1: could be. You get, you're getting rid of
2: a coach now. You're getting rid of a team next Oh, year. I said it a
1: while ago. Oh. We want the rebrand. <laughs> okay. Then Taz, will turn up and oh, there's there's so much going on in AFL yeah, and uh, what a fantastic uh, round of AFL it was last week. You heard in the intro the, uh, the final dying seconds of the Ds and the Geelong match. It was it was a yeah heartstopper wasn't it to uh, definitely trump the uh, the Port Adelaide win that's that's for sure but uh some cra- it was just yeah. a cracking finish the way the card sort of fell in the last round of AFL and it sets up for a uh, yeah scintillating uh, first week of finals
2: yeah we kind of previewed it last week's show how good the uh the last round looked on paper and uh certainly didn't let us down did it, it was uh friday night was obviously a a cracking game between two of the top four sides then we had your hawks lie down late oh my to God. Uh, we declared it on the show.
1: Richard. We thought it was a one ee and then wow. five goals up and then they just – it shook me back into that time, <laughs> that moment in time, The West Coast overrun Richmond by four goals in the yes, last 10 minutes. It, it's me. It's the I'm the I am the mock, the lock of the week. As soon as yeah. I put it in, you can absolutely wipe that side out. We got the market right. We got the result yeah. right up until the last two minutes and they kicked two goals in two minutes and it's – it's not a season that that happens, but they knew we were on and we just got absolutely butchered. It just cost me the week and the punt.
2: We could fill a whole show on not not bad beats necessarily that we've been involved in all year, but just bad beats in general <laughs> oh, for the AFL season. It would be uh, a pretty entertaining hour's worth of show, but – Listen, they cashed out on the hawks, hadn't they? Oh. Uh, you know, I think the line got as high as twenty. I think it might have closed around the eighteen. So I think we tipped it at minus two on the show. It went to nine on the on the day when we tipped yeah. it. Uh, closes eighteen, yeah. uh, and the bookies hit twenty at some stage. The bookies have virtually paid out, and
1: uh, yeah, unfortunately, uh, they shut down and draw a result. I did see something funny on Twitter. Uh, a modeler, and he said he basically said, "Well, I don't know why we've bottled bothered to like." In retrospect, why have we bothered to model the last two seasons of AFL with all this COVID chaos and you got players like all over the place? You got quarantine. It's a dog's breakfast and just a nightmare. Throw on a couple of. Rule changes or attempt at rule changes. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's been a topsy turvy year. Yeah. And going forward, it's probably going
2: to be the same for next year because you're not going to have the, the probably the relevant data of the two years yeah. that we've just gone through. So, um, yeah, it's going to be, uh, you know, maybe a bit of grind going into next year as well. And who knows, at this stage, we might be still in lockdown in COVID as well. So, the way we're <laughs> tracking that's –
1: <laughs> I don't think we've had a genuine wave yet, which is, which is frightening. Let's have a look at the bookie wrap, the final for the year, uh for the regular season that is. Seven out of nine favourites. Finally, results for the punters there, yeah. and then five of nine covered, and then the over uh, six out of nine there, sixty-seven percent for the season, sixty-five percent favourites. So down on a normal season of favourites. So that's pretty low. Usually strikes somewhere in the seventies, doesn't it?
2: Yeah, it's uh, n- you normally see it uh, pretty much you know sixty-eight. Percent is pretty much considered a, a, a good bookie's year. Mm. Uh, sorry, a good punter, yeah. a bookie's year. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and so basically seventy is the break-even point. Uh, so if it goes above seventy, you'd say the punters have had the best of it in low sixties. But yeah, that's that's as low as I, I can remember um, a favourite being for the year. So uh, definitely been a big bookie's year. So uh, hopefully
1: the final series will go our way. Eighty-seven and one ninety-eight. So the plus gets the chocolates there, and the yeah, totals uh, slightly in front there on the over one hundred five. Out of uh, 198 matches there. The Sting went four and zip. You had your birthday on the weekend. Uh, couldn't put a foot wrong. Yeah, no. Nah. Uh,
2: we like two games, yeah. So got um, got both the line and the overs in the Brisbane and uh, your Bombers mm. got the job done. So. Yes, and they're just
1: starting to come good at the right time. And Yeah, you're up and about for them this week, aren't you? Mm, fascinating game. I, I like Draper in the ruck. Yeah. It's going to be – it's just hard to think that the Bulldogs have had such a good year. And they could just be straight out yes. week one. The the collapse in the last month is f- extraordinary. The sides worked out their ruck deficiencies and yeah. and playing that way, it's so it's so Yeah, I think now. they've
2: also put a lot of work into Libba. Um, mm. a, a couple of a couple of weeks in a row now, we've seen shut down Libba, and mm. he's been the distributor to the uh, the outside ball users for of Bont and McRae, and Hunter. Um, so that, yeah, you found the key, I think, to the Bulldogs at the moment. They look like bringing back Steph Martin. I think they've got to roll the dice with him. If he's underdone or not, you just got to roll the dice at this stage. If he doesn't work or if he gets injured, then the week after they just go back to having what they had anyway, which is, you know, a negative to start with. And, yeah, they've got to do something about Libba. It's going to be interesting this week how they match up against Essendon mm. um, with Stringer. Um, if I was Libba, I-, I would get on the offense and-, and go hard if Stringer comes into the middle. That would be my play. Just to, just to change things up. I wouldn't allow someone to come to me. Mm. If I'm the Bulldogs and Liberatore, I'd actually go the other way, get real offensive on someone else.
1: Outstanding. Let's have a look at uh, the hits and misses as we zip through uh, last week and the Hawks. Don't we know it? Uh, 2.5 to 18.5, and, and it's a draw. It was just fitting that uh, Silk had the last touch of the pill there. That was the only miss, but otherwise uh, they all lobbed, so uh, the over went 153 yep. to 163. That was a hit. The uh, the Brisbane line, 27.5 to 43.5, uh, got the chocolates there. Fascinating drama in the last uh, few minutes. So everyone knew yeah. what the, uh, the line was there. Yeah, it was unbelievable. And Brisbane West Coast, 163 to 175. Bit of no tackles. And the Ds were back to four and a half to pick them. And it was an absolute nail by it. So you got your money uh, in overtime there. And then uh, the Bombers, eight and a half to 23.5. Yeah, just, just quickly on that. I
2: mean, I know it's a long way to wait for the next season, but it shows year after year that you get to the last round and sometimes the second last round, you see some of these market moves are huge. Mm. Um, so it's a real heads-up play coming in, you know, each year um, when when there's not necessarily dead games but play, uh, teams have got more or less to play for on a much bigger scale um, and the betting reflects that. So really important if you're betting in future years mm. um, late in the season to be very market aware to get the best price.
1: Well, yeah, very evident in the Brisbane game. Yeah. Well, it, sh- it
2: shows, you know, people who say bet Brisbane right at the death actually lose – Lose because they come in too late and it actually gets middle. But you know, for a sixteen point line, that's it's a big move.
1: Mm. We might uh, next season we might try and change the shows up a little bit. We might do maybe not the full length show, but we might do a uh, an early look at the matches so we can uh, help you guys steer into the prices earlier. So we might do a, a shorter, sharper show maybe on the uh, the Monday or maybe Sunday night or something like that, and maybe yeah. do a later show maybe on the Friday. So yeah, just break it up into two parts and maybe more live and and do something along those lines. So uh, stick with us next year. It's going to be a fascinating year and the competition is just absolutely beautiful. All right, sting in the tail. We haven't uh, finalised this, but uh, there was a couple of uh, interesting things that have happened in the last week. Um, The first one and probably the most telling if you're a cat supporter or a D supporter. It sort of flipped really, really quickly. But uh, mm-hmm. the deliberate out of bounds, out of the ruck that was given against Melbourne was farcical, but it was so on brand for the whole year. Mm-hmm. There was no way known when they kicked it out of that clearance. They just wanted territory or to move the ball forward. And old uh, whoever the umpire was, not sure who he was, don't really care. And he shouldn't even be named. They're just an umpire. They're a dot ball. <laughs> but fascinating to see that be paid. And then who had the kick? Was it Guthrie? Yep. It was beyond belief that they didn't try and possess the ball and kick it backwards, or like it yeah. was a brain fart for him the way he moved the ball. They're the masters of it. They're the masters of the, the clog, the slowdown. They've been doing yeah. it all year I in know. just like. It's their bread and butter. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. In like the first quarter, the second quarter, the third quarter of every yeah. game. Melbourne should not have touched the ball. In the la- yeah. Uh, from that moment. Crazy. Yeah. Panic.
2: Yeah, it was panic. Um, Unbelievable! It mm. really was um, a debacle last minute, really, for both the umpires. Uh, Chaos, and then and then obviously not we'll to get the win, crazy.
1: If there was fans at the game, would the D's have been able to come back? Uh
2: no, yeah, good point. I don't think so.
1: No, me either. No, I forty-four don't think points, so. one of the biggest uh, like yeah. um, comebacks yeah. in history seen, with no fans there It was a massive like the fans would have
2: lifted the cats. And we've seen it a lot this year, haven't we? Mm. Um, you know. Uh, even the Richmond game against Hawthorne to a lesser extent, maybe because it was the MCG. But yeah, you know, that's another comeback where they were thirty points up, uh, under ten minutes to go, forty-four points. Melbourne's unbelievable, especially down Geelong.
1: There's no, not, no way, but very unlikely that they would have come back for sure. What do you think about the uh, the double fist of the pill into oh, like into the stands? And well, the free kick that the fifty meter free kick that Lever got. Well, I, th- I actually thought it, the umpires actually nailed probably it,
2: did well there to yeah. actually pick that up because, as you said, they made it you know not the same umpire necessarily, but they made a howler mm. giving the deliberate out of bounds. And then when it comes back, they could have easily just have
1: missed that. And again, if it was a crowd there, would they have paid that? Mm. Well, they, know, yeah, exactly. Great call. But because that's you know, been happening. Like I can remember as a junior footy junior footy player. But if players do that, that's automatic. Yeah, and. To be fair – I mean, not to be fair because
2: the player shouldn't do it and it was over the line. It wasn't a borderline call either. Like it was closer to the fence than not. But when a player does the double fister, he absolutely nailed the double fister as well. You mm. know? <laughs> like it went sh- so far over the fence. Whereas if he just nails it, say, just one row back or just even into the fence, it doesn't get paid. But just because he he, he really launched it, they had no choice. Mm. Um, and then, yeah, just, and then just a brain fade at the end. knowing Again, knowing your players, uh, you know, Lever could not kick the distance. Um, and with time tight, you've got to defend the front half. So to let Max Gorn have a free run at it, um, and you saw the result.
1: Mm, even Tomahawk, you could see him in the uh, the background. He was just shattered that he um, was just... Yeah, there always, was a lot of players just in no-man's land, weren't they? Well, there's always going to be when something like that happens. You're always going to look around and
2: uh, you know say, it wasn't me. What price did you have Max Gorn to uh, kick the snag? Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, to be fair, I, I would have been happy with Pickham and, <laughs> and whoever you left me with. Nothing against Max. I'm just going on current form. Um, you know, and interestingly enough, uh, you know, if you are a Melbourne fan, you would have remembered that against Geelong earlier mm. in the year, he had the same, uh, same scenario. So, um, And he's, he's missed one or two crucial goals at times this year as well. Um, great kick under pressure. But you could just see him talking to himself when he went back, in. not you? Especially when the siren yeah. rang. He's almost, uh, I don't know if he's religious. Sucking religi- him in. Religious Max. He was DT. <laughs> he was probably just thinking any chance. He seems like something. a beauty. Um, what a great character. Captain to do all that. It's a great storyline. So I'm glad it went through through for him. And uh, now they're, uh, they've are got to deliver on the big
1: stage. Hall of Fame was the other night, uh, everyone probably missed it, uh, but tonight it's All-Australian team and uh, I, I doubt that I'll tune in either, uh, oh. it's not really my go, but uh, let, we, we, we saw your uh, All-Australian team at the halfway point and there's uh, a few changes now that the season's run, and uh, let's go through um, your final All-Australian team just for a little bit of a giggle here, and from the back line, uh, you've got Good Tommy job. Stewart who's uh, out injured, Stephen May, Aliyah I I think that's pretty spot on. Uh, Callum Mills, Weedering, B. Dale across the center half back line, Ch- uh, Lever, yeah, Jake Lever, mean, yeah. I, I think out what, of what are you the, doing the back line
2: that I I went with A bit um, unlucky Lever, yeah, Lever Lever's the unlucky one, and you could easily uh, say put him on a half back flank instead of Mills, and maybe Mills could be pushed up to a wing, uh, and the other one which I've had named most of the year is Harris Andrews mm. at fullback for Brisbane. Uh, and I just decided to go, if I was naming a team, yeah. to slot Aliyah Lear in as like that third, four, uh, third tall and also a great intercept marker. So, yeah, I would say the two that were unlucky there were Harris Andrews could have been fullback and Lever could have slotted into that halfback line. But other than that, you you're happy with the, the back line? But, yeah, that's fine.
1: Yeah. All right, Took Miller, Tom <laughs> Mitchell and uh, Jackson McRae. I, uh, I don't mind that. Uh, Stringer, Franklin and Pelly. Pretty dynamic, Jake Stringer, your man. Hey, you've just man. put him in there to rev me up, haven't you?
2: Yeah. Well, I couldn't <laughs> leave him out because I didn't want to. Uh, I didn't want you jumping the table and saying, "Where's my man Stringer?" So, yeah. um, yeah, listen, It's hard to argue. Uh, You're just happy he signed again. No, <laughs> no, I'm not the greatest fan of Stringer, but his uh, his form speaks for itself. The back end of his year has been uh, extraordinary, really, for a guy that hasn't produced too much over his time. I would have thought. Um, but, yeah, he's undeniable. He'll get named in the All-Australian team. And, yeah, I think he deserves his spot uh, in the half-forward line. Franklin's probably a bit of a um, contentious one, I guess. I don't know. Like, he, he's going for history, actually, Franklin. He's the uh, he was the first time, first player to be announced in 12 40-man squads. And if he does get picked, he'll be the ninth-time All-Australian. And I think there's about four or five other players on eight with uh, mm. Franklin. So, a bit of history there. I just think if you're setting up a proper team, and I know they don't play anyone, uh, Franklin would be my centre-half-forward.
1: Well, wow. yeah, he um he'd be nearly yeah uh, in the greatest team of all, wouldn't he, Franklin? Yeah,
2: I think he's yeah he'd be in the
1: mix for sure. Hmm. Yeah, alongside Wayne Carey, Lee Matthews.
2: Yeah, well, the thing the thing is with uh, Franklin in the past and and could be on this one as well. You know, um again, you know, I think the next line will go through, but you could easily put Franklin onto a half forward flank, which they may do hmm. as well in this one as well.
1: Okay, uh in the forward line you've got Petrarca Hawkins Green. I can't argue. Good to see that you got the third or the top third three best player, Toby Green in your side. Some people think he's he's that good, but uh, he's definitely worth putting in the side. Not sure if he's uh top three material. Maxie Gorn, uh has got the ruck duties there, Clayton Oliver and Wines, very strong uh ruck division there. And the uh the bench you found a spot for Nick Nat. Uh, Steele, uh, Walsh, and my man Darcy Parish, and then unlucky to miss. You've got Kelly Zorco, Merritt Lyons, Papley Lever, Macarkey, the yeah. Coleman Medalist. Yeah, so I went without
2: um McKay at full forward. Um, there was only four goals difference. I know the Coleman Medal just normally slots into the full forward, and that's fair enough. And he may be. Um, announce when they do it tonight. I just would rather Hawkins, if I was, again, doing a proper side, he rucks in the forward line, all that kind of stuff. McKay's very much a... Um, a Stuck. Yeah, he's one one play. Um, so I, I'd go with Hawkins. McKay's unlucky to miss. And Boke uh, and Guthrie as well. Unlucky. Well, Boke and Guthrie both didn't get named in the 40. Boke actually would have been my uh, on on the interchange bench if if he was named. So I think he's probably the, the unluckiest, just in in my opinion. Um, and the other one there, yeah, Green's gone in um, and Fritz would be the other one um, that could, might get a spot. I mean, his goal kicking was unbelievable this year. so um, But we'll see, the All-Australians. So what, what's my line on the on the players out of the out of the 22? How, how many will I get named? Yeah, probably
1: 10. 10? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm joking. you probably get most of them. Three quarters. I'll say three quarters. You know what was one of the weirdest things I've, I've seen for the week? And it's, it's been a very weird year and everything's weird at the moment. So like, it doesn't feel like we're in twenty twenty one. It feels like we're getting dumber, but one of the dumbest things I've ever seen. Probably I'm getting dumber. Getting dumbed down. You have to nominate your own players from your side for the All Australian team. That can't be right. I saw that well, across the what, news. That's, that's that's what they right. are reporting. That you ha- you have to nominate players for the All Australian team. This is not this not under thirteens, under fifteens. Oh, yeah. there's some state tryouts at Wagga or uh, Banala and you you know, let's all nominate your best three or four players and you go off and try out to make the rep team. This is the All Australian team. There's a mere staff in there that pick it. Just pick it. Yeah. Don't, don't nominate players. That is ridiculous. Yeah, they've got
2: a. Uh, I think there's got a panel of eight or ten that pick it. Well, so, I not, just pick the team. Not, not short on humans, but I heard. Uh, Imbeciles. I did hear one story where they said that. Next year, Port will just nominate their whole team. So I think that's what well, Melbourne did. Well, why but, wouldn't you? But why do you have to nominate anyway? If you've got a selection panel, surely they go back in and and, and they just pick the best forty, and from that they pick the best twenty-two. Why is it the, the club's job? I don't understand that. At well,
1: all. It, it might date back for you know who wants to go off and play it for Ireland. Is that it? Well, not no we because I think in the Gaelic is that where it dates no, back to. It's, it's just did. very odd. If anyone knows the answer, please. Uh, right in and tweet into us at, well, the at AFL Little TV. The AFL really
2: should explain. It should be, you know, oh, it's bizarre. I think it's bizarre. But the All Australians, one of the, you know, one of the things that players hang their hats on post career, don't they? You know, it's a four time of- All Australian. Yeah, I, I mean, oh, I, I think premiership goes first, and I think All-Australian, you know, I mean, I know there's MVP awards rated very highly, obviously, if you win a Brandlow and stuff like that, but just from from a collective, mm. players are obviously noted by, if they're a three-time premiership player, six-time All-Australian, it's it's right up there. So, you know, I think if Boke was to miss on the fact that his club didn't nominate him is bizarre to me. Mm.
1: Real yeah. weird, but um, welcome to 2021. Yeah. All right, uh, there's two more rounds of NRL. We're going to talk to Top Rope Tadeshi. Storm are getting the job done, very very ugly at the moment, but uh, they're still winning, which is great. We're going to have a look at uh, the the finals, the first week of finals there, and uh, lock of the week. We're going to stop someone. We're going to absolutely put the brakes on uh, someone in the first week of finals, and I'll uh, I'll moonlight. I've done a bit of the racing form already, so I'm going to. Shimmy across oh, to their horse too. racing just to try and rort my ways for this 5k for charity for raise.org.au. But if you're having a bet this weekend, make sure you check out topsport.com.au. They help us put the streams and the dreams on. it. Uh, it's fantastic stuff what they do. Different look. We're not just going to steer you into uh, the, every single favourite. We, hopefully, we uh, teach you guys how to think a little bit differently. And it's great to have someone like topsport.com.au support us. And uh, so make sure you uh, bet with them this weekend or all throughout the finals is uh, an even better idea. All right, we'll have a break, and then we'll talk AFL next. Welcome back to Little Birdie Podcast. I'm your host, Scoot. I've got MG here, and it's time to talk AFL Finals Week 1. We're on the road, topsy-turvy stuff. It's uh, this new world of football with uh, not many sides having a home advantage, but one side that does is Port Adelaide, who hosts the Cats, and uh, they are a dollar seventy here, two twenty. The line, five and a half. A little bit of money for the minus. And then the total here fifty and a half. and a half with uh, all the money running for the under. Thoughts here, MG? Early money's been for Port. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Um, I, the, the bookies put up
2: two and a half at the start on Monday uh, and just thought, that, just thought that was a couple, couple of points short. I think the five or six range is about where it should be um, and that's where it's starting to settle now. Um, yeah, listen, the finals have finally arrived and, uh, there's no excuses from here on end. We've got, uh, the second and third on the ladder playing off here. Obviously Port have been in great form. have won six straight matches, uh, nine of 10, get to play at home with a crowd. So you've got to build that factor And I just think the market might've not forgot about it, but just maybe underestimated the Port will be playing at home
1: in front of a crowd as opposed to obviously mm. not. Um, Interesting so. that yeah, the total, he's won 15 and a half. But last time these two sides played, it was 112 to 91. Yes. It was an old-fashioned shootout and the Cats got their job done. So they'll hold no fears. Mitch Duncan back. Yes. But no Tommy Stewart and Tui still. Correct. They're big, big holes in the Cats at the moment, aren't Especially they? Especially in the back half. Well, if Tom Stewart plays last week, the Ds don't run them down and then the crowd factor. So it's, yep. yeah, it's, so. A, it's a different gravy from... The, da- the game's just going to be totally different, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. Uh, I think I, I
2: personally believe with the way Geelong set up and their forwards, when they last played each other, Geelong's, will call it the three-headed monster, that's what they love to call it, of Rowan, Cameron and Hawkins, mm. kick 12 between them, I yep. think, uh, really t- tore Port apart in that area. So I think the game actually does tend itself to be a higher-scoring game than the total, so it's a good pick-up there, Scoot. What the bookies generally do as a history, um, and it, it happens a lot in all sports, is that when it comes to finals, mm. uh, the totals do get lower because, you know, uh, most championships, whatever sport it is, are built on def- defences. And that's part of the reason is that players are more scared of making mistakes mm-hmm. on the big stage. So it, it's always more defensive than not. Um Listen, the thing is with this game is the two night games are in Adelaide, and there is a chance for dew to set in, especially in the second half. Mm -hmm. And so it does make it a bit more slippery. It's not rain that will alter these games. Um, Port and Geelong are very high defensive teams generally, and they have been low scoring teams this year. Mm. Um, So it's not a total I'd probably want to get into, but geez, it is getting down to that 150, 151, and it opened 156, the total. Uh, there's not much margin now you've got if you're still back in the under here. Um, so if I was going to have a bet in the total, the only way I'd go would be the over at the one fifty. You mark, but for the for the game, I think uh, I think the mar- I think you know personally, we sent out uh, an early tip uh, when Port were minus two and a half. We went Port one to thirty nine. Mm. Uh, I think it'll be a close. Lower scoring game, obviously, with a total of 150. So for mine, uh, I'm going to favour Port at home to get the job done. I think they're in better form. I know Geelong did lead Melbourne by 44 points. Um, I just think the value at 235 for Port under 39 was uh, the play in the game. Mm.
1: If uh, if the money keeps going for Port at the minus, I might just have something small on the Cats late at the plus. i uh, I just got this gut feel that the Cats, again, off, yep. the, off the rebound are going to bounce back super hard here. There's not much science to my belief here, but uh, yeah, I'd, I'd have to, gun to my head. I'd have to back the Cats in this one, despite having that horrific uh, record in the first week of the finals. Yeah, one and seven. One first and seven. Week of the finals. It's uh, unbelievable, isn't it? Yeah, it's an interesting. Stat. They're better I off mean, a loss, I think. The Cats.
2: Yeah, um, and and last week's was like a final, and they just um, stuffed it up a bit. Yeah, they did. I mean, they they led by seven goals it. against Melbourne, who ended up being the top side. Mm. Um, and i know they're at home um so you can always look at it two ways but they played extraordinary second quarter to get that far in front and if they bring that form against port then port are going to find it hard to win i don't think the line's going to move too much further scoot i think uh i think six i don't think you'll see seven in this game unless there's a laid out um Mm. you know say if duncan doesn't come up for example um i just don't think it'll extend that way and i think you know personally if i was if I was wanting to play into Geelong this week, I'd be choosing the 1-39 would be a pretty solid bet, and if you're looking at more value, look at the 1-24 or something like that. I think. I think so. I think this game will be in the balance coming into the last quarter, and
1: um, it'll be a cracking game to watch. One favourite I do like is the Swans, who uh, take on uh, GWS at uh, Utah Stadium that Saturday afternoon at $3.20. sixty four. the Swans, two thirty two. the Lions, 7 and, a half, and the total here is... 154 and a half, and the money is running hard for the over there. That'll be hard to beat the Swans. Yeah,
2: you've been a fan of the Swans uh, this this year. Um, you know, I mean, th- this game looks like, you know, ladder position-wise, it looks pretty close, 6 v seventh. You wouldn't think there's too much in it. The betting also suggests, um, you know, open 8, slip back to 7, so there's not too much in the betting. Um, the thing that I do note in the latter positions here is the top six sides were far and away better than the sides that have ended up in seventh and eighth for the year. Um, you know, there was, I think there was three and a half games difference between Sydney and Giants on the year. And mm. more importantly for, for mine is there was 20% in percentage points. Difference. They're huge. So that's a big difference for mine. Um, you know, what if, what offsets In this game is I don't like the the injuries that Sydney have copped in the last little bit I Mm. think this is uh the thing that swings for me I think giants not that they've got a lot of players back Um and they've been playing with uh sorry yeah they've been playing with a lot of injuries this year But swans have lost now kennedy out of the middle Mm, Mills, um mills who will probably get an all australian Uh slot tonight and blakey's a huge loss off half back with his speed and also carry I just think it's starting to add up a little bit for Sydney. Mm. Um, it, but saying that, I, I think the betting's pretty much spot on. Um, neutral venue, Tasmania, can't really gain a lot of form from that. Um, so it'd be, it might be a bit like which side adjusts. And Sydney have been on the road for a long time, um, as with the Giants. But, uh, you know, if I'm going to bet in this game, I'm, I'm really keen on the over. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I'm, I think the line's about right and if – you know, if I was going to have a pick in the match betting and stuff like that, I'd be happy to be on the Giants more than Sydney, um, and I would back Giants maybe in the one to thirty-nine slot. It'll give you a good run for your money. Uh, really keen on the total. I don't understand why it's so low. Uh, day game in Tasmania. It's a scoring ground by trade um the winds are going to be light which can affect scoring down there normally when it's blowing so um the 154 uh, the market came out pretty solid it's starting to move now so if you want to get on the overs i I suggest you do it earlier rather than later um and they've got a history these offenses are both humming at the Mm. moment um and you know they've been in high scoring games so
1: to me i think 154
2: is almost a free play for mine. so i'm really keen on
1: the over i'm a, I'm a little bit worried about the round eighteen loss that the giants suffered to the swans they they kicked into overdrive and they were absolutely uh, emphatic late so if the swans are on their uh tucker and on their game i think um that I'd be on the minus here I'd be on minus seven and a half for sydney swans Jeez. i think uh right. they're the best favorite of the week but uh I can stop them. <laughs> Saturday uh, Saturday night, we've got an absolute perler here. We've got uh, the D's taking on the Lions, uh, 172 Melbourne, 218 the Brisbane Lions, and then uh, four and a half the line there and 153 and a half. Fascinating uh, stuff, this. A little bit of money for the over again. Well, wow. yeah. Uh, there's two. There's two types of the Brisbane Lions. They uh, they got a fair bit of flat track bully about them. I'm not Stop. sure what to expect. Um, Adelaide Oval. I mean that at home. Like they're a different uh, beast at home. And there's a lot of pressure on uh, Joey Danaher. He's if he's on, they're electric. But if not, they can uh, they can look pretty insipid and be fascinated to see. Demons have been a fantastic defensive unit all year. Be interesting to see how this uh, plays out. It's a Best what? Defense against the best offense. Yes, it is.
2: Um, this is the match of the round. I know mm. that they're all very close competitive matches. It is the finals, all good sides playing clearly. Um, but this is, you know, if I had to choose one that oh, we could actually travel and go and see, this would be the one I want to sit in the little birdie box, have a few beers and sit back and watch. This game will be uh, one not to miss uh, and... I think at the moment, I think the winner that comes out of this will be clear favourite to win the, the flag. Me, the flag for me. This is a big game. And someone who's been on Brisbane for a little while through 2021, uh, this is a game that, you know, as from a Brisbane, uh, fan, I guess, uh, the, this is the one you want to win because if they get through this one, um, they'll be up and about. You know, they finished the top, f- in the top four last three years. I think they've got solid form. I really like the way, listen, they hit a flat spot. Um, a couple of weeks ago from six rounds to go to four. Their last three, I know they played weaker opposition, but they've absolutely belted them. Mm. Um, their offense is humming. They've scored over uh, pretty much over 120 points, um, four out of a last five. Their winning margins have been quite extraordinary, really. Um, and if you know, the key is going to be, like you saw against Geelong, Melbourne last week, and what I take out of it, and Brisbane is well coached and their forward line sets up for this, is that – when Geelong were on against Melbourne, mm. the thing they did, they moved the ball with speed yep. and low ball entry into the into the 50. And Melbourne have no answer when you've got May and Lever that always peel back. Mm. Now, the key is to Brisbane is when they're on, that's what they do. Yeah, they've full, got full ball attack. They've got midfields that move the ball with speed, rich off half back. They kick the ball really low, and their forwards like to come and attack the ball. They mm. don't sit back. Um so I, I think. The midfields is going to be where it's won, and the matchups here are extraordinary. There is a lot of all Australians, a couple of Brownlow medalists, um, maybe a future one amongst them in this mm. in this game, and that's why I think it's going to be to watch the midfield. You know, uh, Gorn against Oscar, and then you've got you know Oliver and batraka Viney going mm. up against Lockie Neal. They run deep, Brisbane Zorko and then yeah, Lyons. they run Heads really it pisser, deep. So I think that's what, where it's going to be won and it, and it's the match will be decided in Brisbane's forward 50. So if Melbourne can hold up the high ball and get mm. it on their terms where they pressure the midfields, which force balls generally yeah. higher, then Trend. Melbourne will win the game. Uh, if Brisbane can enter with low balls and with speed, yep. I think Brisbane will cause the upset here. Um, that's what I'm hoping for. Uh, what are you going to bet? How are you going to bet? Uh, I'm not going to bet in the match again. I, I see Melbourne come up minus seven and a half at the start of the week. Mm, uh, money on plus. Yeah, there's money on the plus. There's four and five now available. I agree with that. I think the the game should be a bit closer. Um, and it's getting to that point. Uh, again, I'm really keen on the over total here. <laughs> and, Big trend. Well, yeah, I just think they've they've gone a bit low on this. And you know, we're we're talking. Uh, you know, Melbourne aren't exactly a low offensive side either. Mm. Um, and I think. You know, I just think one one fifty two, one fifty three was far too low, and and I think by a goal or so. So I, I really see this total finishing closer to one sixty. I know it's a night game in Adelaide, and that's my only, I mm, tone yeah. on it. Um, but I'm really keen. I, I just think that there will be scoring in this, and if Melbourne are going to win, I think this game has to go uh, over more
1: to one sixty plus. Outstanding stuff. All right. Uh, yeah, it's a bit of a uh, raffle for me. I'm uh, confused. I'm, I don't think I'll bet in the game at all. I'll just uh, stay out, and sometimes that's the best thing you, you can do. You don't have to bet in all of them all the time. Sunday at uh, three twenty, we've got the other elimination final here. We've got Western Bulldogs dollar fifty eight versus the Bombers two forty five. The line ten and a half money for the plus one eighty five, one ninety five the minus, and one fifty one and a half here. Just a real weird scenario. This game being down at Tasmania for uh, for both sides. Uh, yeah. Essendon were average, or and they were a bit better than the Bulldogs, I guess. Uh, Launceston gets the Hawks, and uh, the Western Bulldogs were insipid at Launceston. But um, mm, well, Essendon- not, sh- not sure what to uh, make of the venue here, but uh, yeah, the, ven- the Bulldogs need to find something. We sort of spoke about it in the intro a little bit with uh, Libba and the Ruck yeah. issue that uh, is pretty evident at the Western Bulldogs at the moment. Are they, what are they going to do with... Um...
2: They have to play Steph Martin. Yeah.
1: I, I, I don't is, think... that a, is that a negative? Has he fit enough? Um... As it could could come unstuck big time, could yeah, it? Yeah, Ruck, Ruck's
2: a tough place to play if you're not fit mm. 100%, and you're going up against a, a pretty physical Ruckman in Draper, and if you are Draper coming out to play and Martin on the other side, you're going to go at him early and really test his uh, longevity in the game. I just think from a Bulldogs point of view, for their structure up forward since they lost Bruce and they want to play English up forward, they've got to go with a ruck option. And I think they've just got to roll the dice on Martin. If it doesn't work, then they're no worse off, in my opinion. They'll be a man down, but... but
1: they've got to get the fitness back into them if they're going to progress as
2: well. Correct, long term, yeah. yeah. So, But this is all or nothing right now. Um, and I just think that, yeah, the Bulldogs have just got to get a bit of bite back to them. I think they've... Maybe complacency set in a bit. I'm not Mm. sure. Like it's just every team this year has hit a flat spot at Mm. some stage, you know, and we've said, oh, this team's off, they're struggling, whether it's injuries and stuff. Bulldogs, unfortunately, have hit their flat spot at the wrong Wrong time time. of the year. Um, And, you know, what have we got? Bulldogs have come in off three straight losses. Essendon have had three straight wins. So even though it's fifth v eighth, the form line right now, you'd probably want to be on Essendon. Uh, They're up and about. They're playing with confidence. The thing is they'll go into this game, with absolutely nothing to lose because three or four weeks ago, Essendon were not going to be playing finals. Um, they needed a lot of cards fall their way um, and, you know, they got the job done. They needed a big scalp. They ended up taking uh, uh, the Bulldogs out three weeks ago, which actually made them make the finals, interestingly enough, and then they get to play them again. So I, I just think, um, I think the Bulldogs have really got to change their mental going out into this game and they've got to start being the aggressor and not not just expect things to happen. And I think that's going to start with a bloke like Liberatore in the middle. Mm. They'll play Martin. Martin's got to run at Draper hard and say, you know, we've got our Ruckman back. And Liberatore's got to get a bit of that junkyard dog about him that he's always had um, and, and really set the tone for the Bulldogs and get them uh, – get them having Essendon on the back foot because Essendon will be coming in full of confidence. And if Essendon get the early ascendancy, the Bulldogs might panic. Mm. Uh, as you said, you know, three weeks ago they are on top of the ladder. Everyone's talking about, oh, two, 2016, can they win the premiership again? Now all of a sudden they look like maybe Essendon could beat them and all of a sudden they're out. So
1: It's a um, it's a real funny one because on Monday and Tuesday, it's I think it's torrential rain forecast or there's – Massive rain Monday, Tuesday. If that, and there's a little bit of rain forecast on Sunday afternoon. So if that weather lands earlier, it, it, this this could be a, a nightmare yeah. and a mess for the Western Bulldogs. They're a side I think that needs to be on top of the ground. And yes, maybe the plus is going to be really good value. Or well, the either team under thirteen and a half, or fifteen and a half. Sorry, yeah. either team under 15 and a half, 30 point spread might be a good bet in this match. It's it could be really tight. And yeah,
2: yeah, I think. There's a no bet for me in this game in terms of the line or head to head I just think um, you could probably you'd have to lean Essendon at the money and with the form at the moment Mm. if you're going to bet Um, I just think it's hard to back to really invest in the Bulldogs with confidence Um, But saying that I think the betting's around the right price If you were looking to bet in this game uh, Mm. Bet Essendon earlier rather than later the early trend is for Mm. Essendon um, and the weather, will
1: just in, enhance that. Yeah, one, and if you're going to back weather.
2: the bulldogs, I'd probably hold off as late as you can. Um, I just think you'll get the best price about the bulldogs late. Um, and you know what I'm going to do again in this game. I'm just going to wait for the for the total and the weather. As you said, I think if the weather rolls in, the total will go to the under. Um, but if the weather doesn't come, and this this total is cheap. These two teams can score, and especially Essendon. Um, you know, their ability, I think 10 times this year, they've scored over 100 points. So they are an offensive-made team. Tasmania, during the days are a scoring ground. Uh, mm. So, again, monitor the weather, and this could be the best total bet of the week uh, if it Depending stays weather. dry. Yep.
1: yep. Interesting stuff there. Let's have a uh, – we sort of spoke about it earlier with the uh, the premiership odds, but uh, let's talk about how that market's looking at topsport.com.au. Melbourne are the favourites at 370 here. The Cats, 420 dollars 20 Port Adelaide probably the mover into $5 now. Brisbane Lions have steadied it as well, $5.50. Crazy, $13. The Bulldogs, they've sort of hovered around the $5, $6, uh, $4.50 mark all year. And now they've ballooned back out to $11. They're friendless. The bookies cannot lay them. Swans, uh, $34 in recent times, back into $16. $21. Uh, GWS and the Bombers, uh, $26. I couldn't back them at that price. And uh, some of these roughies, you're probably better off just taking them uh, week to week. I would have thought, yeah. but um, it sort of looks pretty, pretty spot on. If you can forgive the bulldogs, $11 might be value. I think your two early tips. I think you're on Brisbane around the $10 mark, and the doggies $13 pre-season. Um, not much to really add no, there, is I, there?
2: No, just one note. I'd have. I don't understand uh, necessarily why Geelong and Port are so separated. I, I think they almost should be either equal or mm. maybe Port just shading them, uh, being being favourites at home. Yep. Uh, and they could, you know, obviously win the first week. They could get the second final at home. So, um, you know, we haven't tipped Port all year. I'm not saying that they can win the flag. I just think betting right now, if you're coming in fresh, mm. um, they might be one of the better options just with maybe their pathway into the grand final.
1: Mm. It sounds like the prelims are in WA though. Uh, after this week, so play the teams that win may go into quarantine and go okay. straight over to Perth, and then I think there's a little back door if Melbourne improves, which it doesn't sound like it's improving. It's going the other way. The Melbourne COVID crisis. I doubt it's uh, the window for the MCG is closing. Okay. So by this time next week, I think it'll all be announced that it's all going to Perth. It's uh, it's crazy to think that um, <laughs> that's happening in Perth, but that's another story for another day. Uh, having uh a quick look at the Brownlow market. We'll talk about the uh the odds. It looks like it's gonna be an absolute grandstand finish here. And Marcus Bontempelli I think you talked about laying him at the dollar ninety around the two dollar mark, and now he's not even favorite here. Ollie Wines is a new favorite, 280. Uh Clayton Oliver's 330, and dollars 380. And the fast finishing Jack Steele is nine dollars. Petrarca $13. Sam Walsh 19. My man Darcy Parish, $22. And that's Probably uh winds out the genuine chances here. Tommy Mitchell, sneaky sneaky forty four dollars, but Hawthorne probably haven't won enough games. But fascinating uh the this move. So I think you tipped up Pontepelli at start of the year um, as the rightful favourite. He's just got the staggers a like lot the Bulldogs have. Uh, there's been many people that have snatched the 150s, 80s around Ollie Wines. A couple of people from the show have tweeted in or that uh, that watch the show yep. have tweeted in, those have snaveled uh, Ollie Wines odds and Clayton Oliver is another one that you're onto very early. So grandstand finish and what we're doing, it's uh it's twofold here. So for top sport only just to, uh, to barrel in for a Brownlow night and when they put their markets up and we, we can find the overs there, we're doing a Brownlow stream. So, we're going to put the cameras on. It's going to be fascinating. Mark's got uh, thousands of dollars on the table already, and he'll keep peppering for himself and uh, for you guys at home with his Brownlow stream. So it's going to be fascinating to see him wiggle around for three and a half hours. Brand new uh, uh, experience for him. It's all right to do the pre-recorded show, but he's going to uh, – you'll see what I get to see every Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, and you'll see him roar and scream and kick. Uh, cheering home the Brownlow, so this is uh, new ground for it's him. Not WWE wrestling. Yeah, oh, well, it's I mean, going to be very funny. I see you cheer these totals and say, "Why do you do it?" It I takes mean. years off your life, but you it's going to be fascinating too to see what happens there. And round by round, we'll go through uh, all the uh, the betting markets so you can uh, sit at home and uh, you can bet those pretty much in play. So I think the bookies turn them off with a minute before each round. And uh, prior to that, we'll preview all the rounds and put up Mark's ratings and we'll try and find uh, some bets on the fly. But we're doing a betting stream bank. So if you want uh, Mark con- to control the bank and uh, you want him to be involved in the stream, you can uh, deposit anywhere between 50 and and $1,000. It's an easy way for me to play and uh, for you guys at home. Um, But if you want Mark's action for all the other uh, prop markets that other bookmakers, um, so we're actually not permitted to uh, to bet with other bookmakers. We need to keep all our stream action with Top Sport and that's why we like them because they take on the big syndicate bets. But if you just want to pick off the edges from all the other bookies all out in the rest of the market, you can uh, sign up to that package as well. So that's $99. So that, that'll be separate. So we'll be trying to pick off the best prices in uh, the stream and the tipping comp, but there's two different options uh, if you want to get around Little Birdie for that. So make sure you check it out. Um, it's all there on the, our website. So it's going to be uh, a monster Brownlow night, so hopefully we can uh, get a couple of uh, special guests in to uh, yeah to provide some that's entertainment the for uh, the the, <laughs> the, uh, the count. But... It's going to go absolutely down the wire, and uh, I think we spoke about it the other day. It's going to—it's it's probably the Woe Woden count when Wanganine Rob, Diesel, Williams. <sighs> yeah, it's been pretty dull the Brownlow in the last sort of three or four or five years, but we've finally got a cliffhanger. Yeah, I'm not
2: sure how dull it is. It's been they've been they've been pretty good events. Yeah, like some
1: of they're just a lot of favourites so just go yeah, straight for fa- the
2: line. Yeah, I mean the last last what do we had last five years? They've they've all been very strong favourites. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, going in from a winner's point of view. But the beauty about the Brownlow is there are literally hundreds of markets. Yeah, uh, and you can pick and choose. That's why you like it,
1: and it's run, it's done. Yes, 100%. That's a be- there's a few better, you know,
2: we will explain it as we go on and obviously on the night, so definitely log into the stream. It'll be entertaining, to say the least. Hopefully we can uh, show a profit, otherwise we'll uh, tear the office apart as well for uh, continued entertainment. Huber TV. But this count looks like just the way how it's set up and how you know we'll explain it how I guess a model follows it through and we adjust during the run all that kind of information so very least going forward will be uh, hopefully education will be profitable and uh, entertaining as well but yeah this count looks like the leaders will change uh, a lot the live mm. the live betting Good uh, option for individuals to play uh, even if you haven't dip your toe in the water yet there's lots of opportunities to bet so yeah for the outright uh, obviously it is exciting that's a main center but you know uh, the punters definitely in the last couple of years having worked um, on the other side for the bookies and you too scoot know this that who who gets the threes for each round uh, has become a betting phenomenon within mm. the AFL, and actually the majority of the hold for the Brownlow centres around that. So yeah. on the night on the stream, it'd be very important just to tune in to, to get the the ratings, what the current prices is with Top Sports, and uh, you know hopefully we can uh, tip you into a few winners round by
1: round as well. Mm. So I think uh, yeah, Top Sport for the they'll be uh, betting on every uh, every game and what the votes will be. So it's going to be fascinating. There's... It is. It's, yeah, we're going all in with these because there's just so many betting opportunities. So it's going to be uh, one busy night, that's for sure. And you'll get a little uh, bit of insight onto uh, how Mark goes about it and thinks and pulls apart the brown line. So how he models it. And there's plenty of people that are, are doing it. And uh, hopefully it can add a string to your bow at home. All right. If uh, a little shout out to one of our sponsors, punningform.com.au. They also help you model. So if you want to build a racing model, make sure you check out uh, punningform.com.au. Drop a line to uh, Shane Baker, and he can uh, put you in touch with the right tech guys if uh, you don't have access to uh, coders or programmers or developers. So punningform.com.au is a big uh, sponsor of our show. We'll take a break, and uh, we'll talk Hall of Fame and rugby league with Top Rope Tadeshi next. Welcome back to Little Birdie Podcast. I'm your host, Scoot, and I've got MG in studio. It's time to talk rugby league and Hall of Fame with Top Road Tadeshi. Hey, how are you, mate? Looks like you've been uh, busy in lockdown. A bit of uh, home uh, DIY.
0: <laughs> What's the shelf doing? I, I, I'm doing a lot of ripping out, Scooty, but I'm having to pay real men to actually come around and do the installation. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it's been uh, hard at work, lockdown, uh, putting it out of the house. So, the garden's looking a treat. The uh we've got some shelves in the house. We're up and about, but uh look boys, the, the big concern is not is not what's happening with my the, the shelf in my room. The big concern is some of the stuff I've just I've been hearing from this podcast in the last 10 minutes. Holy moly, I'm 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 tuning in at the time I've been requested to log on. And I'm hearing stuff like you quote unquote, you don't have to bet every game, yeah. quote unquote, the Brownlow, the has <laughs> gotten dull. The Brownlow is the only exciting thing about the AFL. Vote counts, a million bets. Come on, fellas. This is supposed to be encouraging gambling. What, now, now, now the Blues have finished with David T, the, those, those on the review might need to come into Little Birdie and start, uh, start wielding a bit of the axe. Come on, fellas.
2: Yeah, Scootie was Scootie was meant to upsell all, all the Brownlow and the <laughs> AFL finals, and he's telling people not to bet and they're boring. Oh, no, a year oh, no. this I, is going. I, to be a... I, I, I,
0: I thought I thought the 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 the, the, the model of this show was bet bet and bet some more. That's what I, that's certainly the model I've been operating under. So if I'm misinformed, let me know it, fellas. Well, I'll tell bet. you what.
1: We have been getting a bit of fan mail, and it could be uh could be hate mail as well. Where is the uh, Paralympic <laughs> sets they're angry with you so don't come throwing rocks at me top rope you've let the team down you've got no paralympic set and they're blowing up
0: <laughs> i will say this i will say this I've got <laughs> i got i got one of the best bits of mail i've ever got yesterday look it was a dollar 36 to a dollar five i wasn't on but i've got a message from this australian cyclist and the mail was yeah she's she's the world champion she's the yeah she should have been pretty easily she's got her ms under control i'm just like well this is like can you get better mail than that it's like you're all over it like it's tremendous like everything's going well like it's, there's there's got to be edges to be had but uh uh yeah maybe we should have done the Paralympic set. maybe I should have been a bit more on the ball hands up i was wrong i'll be back next time
1: that's all right. Home uh, DIY seems to be suiting him. You. you look uh, fresh. He you look up look and about. Fresh, and yeah, fresh. Yeah. I don't know what he's done. He's yeah, no, he's done something. It. Yeah, it's like he's given a lick of paint to the office. He's <laughs> put some books in. And, uh, <laughs> he's uh, put a rinse in there. I don't know what it is. Final. But September. you know what it is. It's the coach sacking. He's, he's up a about, about. Even yeah. though it's an AFL one, I tell you what hasn't it's, it's been a big unders year for the coach sackings. It's
0: just not enough. It was always going to happen in league when you have a when you have a massive <laughs> overs year when about six go down. They're all first year coaches. First year, for some reason, first year coaches never get sacked. So that's right. disappointing. So I was kind of I'd really bottled down and yeah, we are in lockdown right now. And some of the clubs here, yeah, I'm looking at you, West Tigers as, as a starting <laughs> point. Just get the axe out. Give us something to talk about, something to write about, something to, something to get the punters up and about. And you know, like you now I'll give the AFL this. Look, it's a struggling code. They're doing their best, but yeah, struggling. Probably don't have the leadership of say a, a, an NRL. But what they are doing, they're second coaches, <laughs> and that's a, and that's a great thing. And you know, <laughs> they're, they're really helping out the Victorians. So yeah, good luck know. to them. Good luck to them. Who's uh? who is have we got a bet on for who's going to be the next coach?
1: Well, I think Collingwood. I don't know if there's a market up. It's very fresh, very raw news, but. Little Birdie tells me Craig McRae, uh, the book he's already found at $1.50, I think, for the next Collingwood coach. No one wants the gig. Craig McRae's <laughs> the last man standing. And Eddie, Eddie's come out and said, oh, I don't have much to do with the club. Oh, yeah. Um, we're going to go at a different – or I'm hearing we're going to go at a different approach with Collingwood. Craig McRae's in the mix, but they're going to have a like a gang of gang or a you know group of coaches, <laughs> like a wider net of oh coaches. Oh, my like, God. Oh, God. This sounds like an absolute bottle job. Both, club, both aren't they clubs. Both clubs are aren't they one of the
0: biggest
1: clubs? Both aren't of they them. Two
0: of the biggest clubs are in. Very proud history. Yeah, histories.
1: just absolute rabbles. Basket case. Speaking of basket case, Justin Pasco was in the Hall of Fame, West CEO last year. and we're- <laughs> Last week. <laughs> last week. And uh, this is what we do in the Hall of Fame. We uh, we nominate and put someone in who's done something uh, miraculous or something good for the punt. Tiny Thompson, the old school Rawder's been in there. Huey Bowman, the, uh, he skittled. He skittled Andrew Adkins once upon a time. Uh Tommy Berry just got outed for 17 meetings for uh, Skittling. We're not putting those sort of stories in, but uh Hall of Fame this oh. week. There can only be there can only be one person for the Hall of Fame this week. I'll tell you what, it's not the Hawthorne Footy Club, because they had a one goer opportunity. They were playing in Richmond seconds and drew the match after a five goal lead and cost us lock of the week. That's another saga, but come on, MG, you know who is the Hall of Fame of this, this week. There's only one guy that can be in it. Maxi Gorn? Maxi Gorn. Single-handedly the yeah. brought them back from the brink in the last quarter. He's had a bit of a rough night last quarter. was unbelievable. He was top, just turbo. Top rope know who Max Scorn is? Probably not. Well, he can't. He's on I those Telstrads.
0: He's, he's, very, he's very tall he's and has a beard. There you go. There you go. You're back. He's, he's and no, in and your knocks club. knocks the ball on
1: a lot. <laughs> 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 knocks the ball on. <laughs> No, uh, he, he was sensational and uh, buried him with that uh, the last uh, last scoring uh, shot there. So yeah, Maxi gone and delivers Melbourne their first uh, minor premiership in God yes. knows how long. And actually, something we didn't speak about, I didn't like the fact that Christian Petraka teared up after the game. It's not their grand final. They haven't won the grand final yet, Melbourne. Oh, you should have That's, put that in the steam. Well, that, I'm not happy with Christian Petraka. Ca- I <laughs> tell you what, if he cats it this weekend, he'll he'll oh, be no. stinging the tail. Jeez. Those tears, you can't, You can't go off too early. It's round twenty-three. Right. I don't want to see tears of joy. You haven't fucking won anything yet, right. mate. You've only just rounded out the regular season.
2: Well, right, we'll see. We'll we'll note that down early for the sting next week. He's put the pressure on Batraka top rope. For, He's in the gun. Uh, yeah, top for rope celebrating too early. Yeah, Are you an early, early
0: celebrator top rope? <laughs> no, you don't cry. You don't go to the early, crow. You keep your emotions in check. Well, oh, that's not true. You get angry. You, get, <laughs> you, 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 always assume, you, you always assume the worst is happening. You always assume you've got to find somewhere to get beat. But I, I don't know much about this Melbourne football club, but I'm going to predict bang bang, a bang bang exit for them. <laughs> <laughs> well, I
2: hope you're right this week. We need Brisbane Lions to
1: get up this week, top Roach. So that'd be a nice well, start. Well,
0: Lions of Morals it's 10 years, 10 units.
1: <laughs> so is it a little gimme for us? Can you give us one person for the year into the Hall of Fame? Is it Max
0: in? Uh, look, I'm going to give you but I'm going to talk about who I was going to nominate. And this is a, <laughs> you know, you've done pretty well. Uh, you know, kicking a goal to win a game after a comeback, short sure, you've got it. But I will say this. I was going to put Des Hasler in, another he does, equally her shoot uh, with a beautiful mane of hair, Des Hasler, does, who I absolutely despise for his time at Canterbury. But his naming of Tom <laughs> Travojevic last week when he was never any chance of playing and True. seeing the line move from 6.5 yeah. to 16.5, yeah. Letting us all get on at the 16 and a half and then watching <laughs> you come back into seven and a half the next day was one of the great gambling treats of all time. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Dez. Much That's appreciated. You're not <laughs> going to get in the Hall of Fame because you're a grub on what you did at Canterbury. <laughs> but thank you for this one. You're on the way back. Uh, and we'll put Max Gorn in. Well done, Max.
1: Outstanding. Like Maxie Gorn into the uh, Hall of Fame. We've finally got a notch on the belt. But uh, Dizzy has, I love his hair. He's got, well, He's probably got the best hair yeah. in, in rugby league. Ray Thomas has got the best hair in Racy. Yes. W- writes for the Daily Telegraph. And, oh, gee, uh,
0: Brad, Brad Gray from Sky Channel would not be happy about that. You know, Ray <laughs> Nick, Thomas has the best hair in racing. Nick Bradley Queen Gray cries himself on his lip.
1: Yeah, He's there's cute. a few. Benny Asgari from Racing. dot com also. He's in the mix. Gary Hawking used to have a a great head of hair in the AFL. I don't know who's got the – or Papin has got the grouse mullet. Oh, the yes. We might have to do hair of the week, actually. It could be another segment. Let's have a look at uh, Rugby League Round 24. We've gone way off tangent here. But uh, Thursday night at Sunshine Coast Stadium, Newcastle Knights – um, they're, they're they're in the mix, but uh, Gold Coast Titans they're fighting for their life here. One seventy seven, and uh, I think this market's flipped, isn't it? And the uh, lines are flat two here, money for the. Well, there's a little nick off for the uh, for the plus there, the two now, and forty six and a half. So maybe the market's gone too far, but must win scenario for the Titans, top rope.
0: Yeah, mark, market hasn't gone too far. I I reckon there is someone out in this game, so I reckon keep a very close eye on teams mm. today. Uh the market's moved way too uh, the market hasn't moved far enough, I don't think, but the market is, is very suspicious that uh from where it opened up. Uh missing a fair bit of grunt up front, the uh the knights. lost loss of Plobedi and David Clamorant out this week as well. They've covered one of their last seasons. I can absolutely pretend is the the, the the Knights, to be honest. So they they struggled a bit Canterbury last week, they struggled a bit the Broncos went before. Uh yeah, I'm, I'm I'm not gonna back the knights uh for love nor money. I actually I'm really firmly to the gold coast on this one. I think they can be back and probably bet down to probably four and a half point favorites in this one. The uh I really like the young fullback, Jaden Campbell, Preston Campbell's son. He's looked outstanding. And they've also got Big Mo, uh, fought a week back. I think they'll dominate in the pack. They've been playing pretty well of late. I love their drop dash Taylor. He is absolutely hopeless. Get him out of there. I think there's a pretty strong tight <laughs> side. Get on Gold Coast.
1: Oh, I love that. MG's just written down Gold Coast. MG is the biggest sicko for Thursday night. You never write down any of my tips.
2: No, I do. They're in the <laughs> scratching column.
1: <there>. Yeah.
2: I <laughs> uh, listen. There's nothing better than Thursday night you football. You love it. There's just nothing to get better than rolling. It's, it's called the launch Pinching. pad. It's a launch pad. You know. <laughs> if... There's nothing better than Storm playing on a Thursday night normally. They should schedule that every week. But <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll take a I'll take a Gold Coast special and
1: just launch into the weekend. He's so sick, I <laughs> mean MG. He just writes it down and all right. every multi starts with X. Uh, absolute fantastic stuff. All right, Friday night at uh, the 7.55 time splot, s- splot, slot is uh, Roosters <laughs> versus the Rabbitohs, the two R's, 126, the Bunnies. Ooh. Looks very, very skinny. Ooh. Only for sicko multis, me. Uh, $4 the Roosters, and the line here looks uh, very, very big. 13 dollars half crazy. 185 the plus there, 195 the minus, and 48 dollars and half up at Suncorp Stadium, top rope. Uh, I'll be putting the bunnies in at my multi at the 126 but but uh, the line, well, I don't think the bunnies can uh, do a demolition job, can they? Uh,
0: no, I'm, I'm inclined to be on the plus here, the 13 dollars south of... Just been playing well of late. They were uh, absolutely stitched up to the max by the referee uh, last mm. week against the Panthers. Uh, coincidentally, a Penrith district uh, referee Grant Atkins, but yeah, take it oh, a Wow. Week. Um it's uh, also oh, well, uh, so, uh,
1: my crew are South supporters. There was a lot of there was feverish chat and they were filthy.
0: I have never seen oh that's not true. I probably saw it the week before. I'm just <laughs> probably with, but, Uh it was one of the great stitch-ups of all time. Some of the some of the calls they pulled out, it was disgraceful. It was an absolute one goer last week. Um, now I, I, the Roots have been playing pretty well. They've been absolutely decimated by the Roots. You, you, you could name a side of players missing from their their, their best squad this year who hmm. would make the eight. They're, they're well, missing that much talent. Well. Uh, but look, they hate the bunnies. They live for this game. Big outsiders have a good record in this game. There's only been five occasions since two thousand eight where there's been an underdog of more than eight points in this one. Uh, The outsider is four and one against the spread, has won three of those off the stick. So, Mm. Uh, look, I I can see the Roosters kind of putting on 18, 20 points. They've still got some decent attack, and and I think that'll be enough to kind of cover it all. I think think will be a reasonably high-scoring game. So Mm. Uh, I'm I'm happy to be on a plus here with the Chooks.
1: Mm. Outstanding. Overs. Hey? I get the read for overs overs there. Oh, is that your little...? Uh, yeah. Read from
0: Bill's um, Yeah. I, um, like I heard you mentioning uh, uh, MG in the <laughs> AFL segment. That um, there is the, the lines are probably a little bit a little bit low, and you're you probably want to be inclined to bet the overs. I think it's very much the other way in the NRL. My inclination is to bet for the unders for most mm-hmm. games. Uh, last week it we worked out reasonably, we probably a bit stiff on a couple as well. I, I, I'm, my inclination is the unders, but I think this is an overs game.
1: Okay. Outstanding. All right, let's have a look at uh, the Melbourne Storm. Love previewing the Melbourne Storm, but i tell you what, the minus isn't the gravy that it used to be. It's uh, a little bit shaky, the Storm uh, line at the moment. Uh, Saturday night, 7.35, Suncorp, Storm 107, Parramatta $9, dollars 22 dollars a half. little bit of money for the plus there, that price, and then 49 and a half. Is this a danger game for the Storm or not? No, I
0: think this is when I click back into here. They've only covered... Mm-hmm. Uh, one of their last four, they've kind of had ins and outs all over the shop, which has been somewhat problematic for how they've had to play the game. And in a sense, you know, the, the smoothness that you would seen just wasn't there. I think it was great giving Pat, you know, the full run last week. I think they're going to be a much, much better side this week. They are chasing history. Uh, 20 in a row will make mm. them the most, getting the most successful winning streak in the hundred and. 13-year the history of Premiership Rugby League, so uh, that is, is massive. Look, I, it, I think the plan will be to rest players next week. They hate Parramatta; they absolutely despise Parramatta. The <laughs> Storm. Uh, I think they could do a fair number I, mean, I think the Eagles have a couple of couple of question marks, and they're they're pretty ordinary in their, their win over the Cowboys last week. So, I, I think this will be an absolute tailing. So, oh, wow. uh, oh, I, th- I think we'll, I think we'll see. I think we'll see Melbourne kind of cover the spread here and win pretty convincingly.
1: Mm, you're back on. You're back, uh, back confident. You've dropped off, but now you're back on. Parra have
2: been smashed by the good teams this year. They have. Know. Or is that just regions? Haven't no, they're,
1: they're just soft. Yeah. Underbelly.
0: They beat soft. Melbourne early in the year in round three, and they've mm. kind of tailed yeah, off no once good. other teams have come good. So they were, um, particularly kind of in the last 10 weeks, Yeah, they were they were smashed by Souths pretty badly. That was a uh, pretty horrific loss. Uh, yep. Mainly, have, have, have
1: really given them a touch up a couple of times, so I think Melbourne will do, will do a real number on them. Speaking of Manly, Sunday uh, afternoon at uh, one fifty at Redcliffe, the uh, Sea Eagles are a dollar two, Canterbury Bulldogs seventeen, and the line thirty one and a half. The total fifty four and a half. Top rope. You're a Canterbury supporter. Sixty six 0 <laughs> last time. It was a. It was. It fill was, up. It was a fill up. It was like watching the Harlem Globetrotters Trotters go around. Last time they played these sides, Copperb said, "I want to buy forty." And man, I man, manly want them by fifty, weather. win by sixty. What are you going to do? Yep.
0: he knows what he's doing. Uh, I, I, I have a feeling this could be worse than last time because I, I, that—that was—I that, would say this about that Manly sixty-six nil win. That was one of the worst sixty-six nil wins I've ever seen. They should have put eighty on. Absolutely, yeah, they pulled up, thrashed the Bulldogs. They pulled up, but they also just blew a heap of chances early. Yeah, they did. It try. was it was it was pretty poor. So, uh, look, they're gonna. There's no question on a floor. This line's moved from twenty four and a half to thirty one and a half. If this line starts less than thirty six, something has yeah. gone seriously wrong. Another Turbo five might points. be kidnapped. He, he might be. You <laughs> <fixed it. laughs>
1: can't say that. We got a lot of trouble Wait. last time you spoke about that. So you're you're, you're tipping right. maybe
2: another another sixty or seventy point victory.
0: Yeah, they've missed a ton of players uh, last time they were they were in the side uh, when they when they took on Manly, the Bulldogs, and they are going to be missing a ton of players again. Manly uh, are pretty ruthless. Uh, there's that uh, uh, underbelly that still hates Trent Barrett for what he did uh, at Manly. I, I think they'll be reasonably ruthless. I think this is. I, I I think this might have a bigger margin of victory than than the last one, which is. Something ridiculous to suggest, but uh, mm. uh, I think Manly will absolutely run away with this. They're, they're going to have the ball the entire game. They're, they can score from anywhere on the field. They've got too much speed, too much class. We'll get to my lock of the week later on, but they're going to win this one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm tipping it
2: might be a turbo four plus five plus tries, <laughs> I, I sense coming. Breaking record. Here. Yeah.
0: Wow. I reckon, I reckon we can also get a little bit on... Um, Ah, uh, the same game, multi two plus tries, turbo sub, and uh, Ruben Garrick. I think you get a fourteen dollars for that. So, <laughs> a bit of Ric Flair, Lee. Uh, Ric Flair for the puns.
1: I tell you what, Ric Flair has been doing some uh, oh, awesome. great work lately on a plane. I see something on Twitter the other day. <laughs> we can't go. Can't on you Twitter. say that? We can't Can't <laughs> you say that? Well, we don't have a picture for it. We don't have a picture. <laughs> We're not going to put it up on the screen. But if you uh, are. <laughs> Put Ric Flair into Twitter. Brace yourself. I'll tell you what, the great thing. Unlucky not to make the
2: Hall of Fame. I, I was going to say, I thought Top Rank was going to be in the Hall of Fame.
1: We're a family show.
2: Yes. This, but this over 18. I like Fame's well. a family club. family show for over 18s. <laughs> <laughs> okay, everybody look up Ric Flair. <laughs> <laughs> oh.
1: All right. Next. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, so that's Manly. So we're back in Manly at the, uh, the modus. They're a good thing this week. Okay. Speaking of good things or not so much of a good thing, raise.org.au, they do fantastic stuff for uh, kids on the wrong track. We uh, we donated uh, around $10,000 or more uh, in the bulldozer, and we're trying to get that uh, elusive 5K for them with our, uh, our all-ups. Uh, The $200 bet of the week, lock of the week, we try and uh, couple up all the good things, but uh, the AFL season's been treacherous. Not sure what your excuse is, uh, Nick Tedeschi, but that's definitely ours down here. I'll open the batting and real sick uh, stuff with the Hawks last week. So we got half ace value. So technically I should be on $808, but I'm back down to $404. So my $404 is going to be a uh, four-leg multi. Uh, I, I think I've got some good things here and it's the Swans minus seven and a half. I think they'll beat the Giants. I've got uh, South Sydney Rabbitohs 126 Ayrton $2.15 uh, in race nine at Caulfield because I know that just drives you boys absolutely crackers if I put in a horse. So, uh, and then the Storm at 107. I think the Storm, uh, i just got a real sick feeling about the 107 the Storm, but I'm going to throw it in there because it, it rounds it up to $5.50 and Top roaches said they're a good thing. So uh, my four hundred and four dollars at the five fifty there. That'll take me over two k, and I'll be only one bit away from the magical five k. All right,
2: so we're all lining up for it. It's, ha- it's, it's always how you finish, never how you start. That's what oh. they say. So I like that that you, <laughs> you're timing your run through September to get there. Yeah. Uh, again, I uh, cop the half face value with uh, Hawthorne dirty work in the uh, last minute of the game. So I would have been up over the 1,000 mark, cut me back to about 550, I think, here. So I am going to shoot the double uh, where I like the overs in both the Sydney Giants game over 154.5 and the Melbourne-Brisbane game over 153. Uh, So I'm going to have, what have I got, 550, 550, 353. So it'll get me just shy of 2,000 to launch for the week after.
1: I think Nick Tadashi's just written that down. No one writes down my tips. I wonder why. Okay, Top rope, what are you going to do? I've written down. <laughs> here.
0: We mentioned Ric Flair earlier on. So <laughs> buckle down for some more. Uh, we are going to go a treble at $21.31. Jesus. I like uh, it. We are shooting for the stars. We are going manly, 51 plus. Right. At six twenty-five, into Justin Ollum anytime try at two oh three, into mm-hmm. Matt Burton anytime try at a dollar 32 is the price for that one.
1: So two hundred, that'll just get you over the four K clicks, it's and then things. you'll be one better way as well. So I tell you what, just June grandstand finish. I've been June one
0: better way before.
1: <laughs> Tune in next week. I think what I've got up to two twenty-eight hundred before, and what do you get to top rope? Twenty-two hundred or something. Oh, well, mainly, nah, fifty-one
0: plus took me to about like four grand last time. Yeah, Three yeah four you were grand close. last time. Three and a half, we're four grand. So. Then I, then I took. Uh, I got beat by a Dollar Ten Shot. somewhere in there.
1: So. <laughs> MG good. hasn't got past a thousand bucks. Fifteen hundred. I don't no, know you have. No, I've been in the twos. Have I've been you? In the twos were yeah, right. I'll
2: be first there. Following mine. Load up.
1: Outstanding. All right, it, uh, that's a wrap from us. We've got uh, the Brownlow medal packages. These boys have got their AFL and RR tips, so if uh, you want to bet all the finals, you can uh, check that out in the little birdie shop. Top Rob Tadeshi, you been outstanding. Thank you for putting Max Gorn in, and uh, you'll be, uh, I don't know, what are you doing for the rest of the week? Some more DIY, looking for a screw under the desk, or what are you going to do? Well, I'm always
0: looking for a screw under the desk, uh, Scooty, but uh, I'll probably be- I'd probably be more inclined
1: to be out in the backyard doing some gardening. (laughs) Well, this is a bit of of vitamin D. Uh, That's enough for us. We're going absolutely crackers here. So, yeah, see you next week. See you, guys.